You're listening to a Stranger podcast. www.thestranger.com. Hey, this is Dan Savage, and you've successfully downloaded the Savage Love podcast, the once a week out loud version of my sex advice column, Savage Love. The phone number here, if you want to record a question for a future podcast, is 206-201-2720. And if you have this in your iPod, you downloaded it at www.thestranger.com slash savage. Let's get to the recorded questions. Hello, Dan. Um, I just want to start off by saying I'm a huge fan of your uh, both your written column and your um, podcast version of it, even though uh, with my shitty dial-up internet connection, it takes me nearly 30 minutes to uh, to stream an entire podcast. I still, I still at least do. Um, I recently, uh, I just, um, a day or two ago, actually, I lost my virginity. Um, to a very, very kind woman. And, um, I had, I, I could not come. Um, I, I had no trouble getting aroused. Uh, I had no trouble staying aroused until, you know, towards the very end. Um, but, uh, my question doesn't pertain to that. Um, see, I was, um, I was thrusting a missionary, uh, kind of style. Um, her uh laying on her back on the bed me on top of her um for anywhere between at least 30 maybe even uh an hour 30 minutes to an hour it could have could have even been longer than that um and uh see i'm i'm not too too worried about that because a friend of mine um uh, said that the first time she and her boyfriend had sex um it took them nearly 4 hours to come and um we could not uh go at it for that long because she had um had legitimate reasons um she could not stay the night uh my question is the next day uh the muscles like right around or kind of below my ribs hurt i i get the sense that all the thrusting for like for 30 minutes which is longer than um like i do i do crunches and i lift weights and 30 minutes is way longer than i do crunches so I was wondering um, what kind of exercise I could do to replicate it because the pain tells me that even though I'm doing crunches, there's an area of my um, abdomen I, or whatever the that kind of section is that I, I might not be getting to and that if I got to it, I could get um, a, better, a better physique. Thank you for your question. Uh, my first comment would be that your sex technique is perhaps eerily similar to your podcast question technique, which is you do go on. Uh, sorry about the shitty dial-up, and it takes you 30 minutes to download, and I appreciate your devotion. Okay, and congrats on losing your fucking virginity. Uh, that's uh, that's a big deal. It's too bad you couldn't come. Uh, you're not in the trouble that a lot of young men who lose their virginity are in, in that you, you know, no trouble getting it up. And, you know, it's a bigger problem, actually, uh, to stick it in the first time and realize that you have a premature ejaculation problem. So that you had to keep going and going and going uh, is, I think, less worrisome than uh, the opposite would be if you just stuck it in and blasted away. And, I'm, you know, it does sound like she had a legit reason uh, that she couldn't just let you pump away all night long. And if she didn't have a legit reason and she made one up, she has a right to do that. She doesn't have to lie there for six hours while you come. Um what you need to do is uh, chill the fuck out and stop thinking about it so much. Uh, it's the first time you had your dick in uh, another human being. Uh, it's a major step in a man's life. Uh, they, they just saw that on Rome last night on HBO's Rome. Um, 
and so you just need to chill out. You need to go do it again. You need to not fucking worry about it so much. You need to let your dick learn how to derive the sensations from this new uh, arena that your dick has entered uh, that, that, that'll get it up and over the top. And to do that, you need to fucking not worry about it so much and don't overthink it too much. As for your stomach muscles, I have no recommendations. Uh, if you were in the missionary position, propped up on your arms, thrusting for an hour or more, uh, of course your stomach is going to hurt like you were doing crunches because you were sort of doing uh, upside-down crunches for a while. Again, stop worrying about it. Don't overthink it. Uh, if you want to strengthen that part of your stomach muscles, I would uh, prescribe more missionary position intercourse. Um, you may Also, if you were in one position for that whole fucking hour and it didn't get you off, uh, it seems to me the obvious uh, first next step is to try another position. I know it's really super-duper kinky to, to suggest that maybe you might want to get out of the missionary position, but you could have tried doggy style. You could have tried her on top. You could have tried her on her side with a leg thrown over and you coming in at an angle. There's all sorts of different things you can do. You know, your dick and the head of your dick are these sensation receptors and all these nerve endings, and you have to figure out the angle. And the angle might be different with different women. So don't assume that, you know, because missionary didn't work with her, it won't work with anybody else or it won't work for your dick. You know, vaginal canals have different shapes, uh, different... Uh, Angles, different textures, different mood lighting. I don't know what the fuck they have. I haven't been in that many of them. But you will find the different positions of different women. And clearly, the missionary didn't work with this woman. If you're going to bang her again, this lovely, indulgent woman, um, I would uh, urge you to try uh, a different position. I'm shocked if she's more experienced that it didn't occur to her to urge you to try a different position. Good luck with that. Hi, Dan. I'm 23 years old and have been involved with the same boyfriend more or less monogamously for about a year and a half. Actually, the thing that excites him the most is anal sex. I'm mostly cool with it. You know, we're not seeing other people. We take care of each other. The thing is, I don't really like it all that much. It's not painful or uncomfortable. He knows what he's doing, and he's really careful not to hurt me. But it's not pleasurable at all. I don't enjoy it. It's not stimulating. So I guess my question is, is there some way to boost the feel-goodness of anal sex? Is there something I can do to learn to enjoy it more? It's practically all he wants to do he won't even go down on me anymore help please all he wants to do practically all he wants to he won't go down on you anymore he just expects you to to bend over and take it without any thought or uh effort or gesture towards your pleasure uh my advice in a situation like that especially to a 23 year old would be to dump the motherfucker already that is colossally selfish uh, and total assholery, and you shouldn't put up with it. If he's anal sex is like, you know, his total be all and end all sexual experience is what he loves the best. That's fine, but he has to uh, be providing for you too. It's just not about you giving up your ass for him. What about your sexual pleasure? What about your be all and end all sexual experiences? What about your orgasms? And you have a lot of leverage if you want to stay with this guy. You say, you know what? The condition of getting your dick into my ass is you get your fucking face on my twat for at least as, as, as often and at least as long as you intend to put your dick in my ass. Or no ass. Put your fucking foot down. Also, uh, once you uh, correct his uh, assholery and, and threaten to dump him over it, you know, that's the best leverage in situations like this. You say, I will fucking dump your ass if this doesn't fucking stop. Once you... Uh, you know, correct his asshole behavior. Uh, what you need to do to make anal sex more pleasurable for you is engage your clitoral tissues, which aren't just the clit. You know, the clit is not 
you know, the man in the canoe, it's only the tip of the man, it's only the top of the man's hat. The man in the canoe goes way back into your body. Uh, you need to engage your clitoral tissue. Uh, a lot of women who at first don't like anal sex find that if they are getting a lot of clitoral stimulation during anal sex, that the clitoral tissue swells up and the dick going in the back door starts slapping it around too from the rear because clitoral t- there's clitoral wings. They anchor the clit inside your body. Uh, the same chunks of flesh in the fetus that become the penis in the man become the clitoral wings in the woman. Uh, the clitoris itself is the glands on the man's penis is the clitoris and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, get a vibrator. Uh, and uh, do yourself while he's fucking you in the ass or have him do you. You can also get a strap-on vibrator. I think they're called butterflies uh, that you can wear that's just going to position itself right over your clit and just zap and buzz away the whole time he's in your ass. However, he is not getting in your ass again until your clit is in his mouth again. And for a good fucking long time, for several orgasms worth, don't let him bully you clearly he has no problem being direct and communicating with you about uh what turns him on you need to be just as direct and just as insistent about the things that turn you on and require them of him the way he has clearly required anal sex of you right now you have fucking butt fucked stockholm syndrome where you're identifying with your butt fucking captor and thinking that it's all about you know you trying to you know go without or, or learning to go without Everything, sexual pleasure and the sex acts that turn you on, and how can you make this the one sex act that turns him on more pleasurable for yourself? Bullshit. You need to, like, stop thinking like that. You need to reach into your hard drive and pull that shit out, and you need to put your foot down and slap some sense into your asshole boyfriend. Uh, and if it doesn't work, you need to dump the motherfucker already. We got a call from a guy who was worried about smothering his, uh, the new love in his life, and uh, we decided to give him a call and take the question live. Hello. I'm hey, ready. it's Dan. Hey, Dan. How's it going, man? Pleasure Good. to talk to you. I'm deeply in love with this girl, and we communicate well, but uh, I don't want to ruin it. Mm-hmm. How, how does that work? How are you worried about ruining it? I don't know. I just like sometimes we 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 uh, when like we 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 kind of be as open as possible, and it's like we'll get caught on things, or I'll be like a jerk one time, like just like not call her, her call her, and tell her you know I'm going to be late, and she feels that I'm I'm uh, like. Make, I'm not making her feel as special as I should or something. Oh, my God. How annoying is that? <laughs> but, you know, this like she's so amazing, and she really is the person who's made Well, she's made so amazing. Why is she being so petty and weird about the small stuff? Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I, I mean, your question, when you call the recording question, you're all over, like, you know, oh, how do I how do I not smother? I don't want to smother. Yeah, that smother. like yeah, that stuff too. Like I feel like I'm the like I'm the one. Like I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to think think things too much. You know, overthink things. And well, and too late for that. It, it, <laughs> it, you know, like it's I I, I do like it, for this issue. Like I I still like I I'll bring it up and be like you know that was a crazy night that you know because we just that was the first time we ever felt off. You know, it was the honeymoon over? But the honeymoon's not over. Mm-hmm. We still we still feel like we're in the honeymoon stage. Okay, I, I'm still I'm gonna have a hard time wrapping my head around what the problem is exactly. Like it well, sounds like a doctor doctor. It hurts when I go like this. The doctor says don't do that. Like I don't want to smother her. You know, the best and easiest way not to smother someone is to not smother them. Just not. So I don't know what you need my help with right here, except for me telling you like that. It sounds like you're both uh, overthinking this and stressing out about yeah. it too much. Well, um, and if she really freaks out because you don't call at all the moments that you know her imagination tells you that she deserves a phone call from you. That's right. going to be a problem because that's right. kind of a controlling behavior. 
where somebody finds fault with like the, the you know the manner of the attention that you pay them in ways that you can't help or prevent. You know, you're never going to be able to call every time it pops into their head that they deserve a phone call. So they need right. to be sort of laid back and casual about that sort of thing, or a relationship won't work. It's a kind of sabotage, actually. And so, yeah, like that, not so much like to call or tell her like I miss her or something, but more like you know plans changed, I'm going to be late stuff like that like is that the same type of thing where it's like if i don't call because i'm, I'm going to be late is like i've and we had plans maybe it's going to be pushed back an hour it's, well it's you just, should you shouldn't leave her standing on street corners in the rain waiting right, for you course, outside a restaurant for an hour like that. i'm not like that but uh yeah well i you know it's not like the biggest problem i kind of called because you're always saying call i love your ipod or your <laughs> podcast or whatever it's called so you made this up this isn't a real problem you just wanted no, to get on the problem. podcast i don't want i don't want to lose this girl i want to do everything that I possibly can to keep this girl in my life. Well, then you need a global positioning device implanted in her ass. And you won't <laughs> lose her. I guarantee you'll never lose her. <laughs> I thought maybe you could give me some insight into relationships. Obviously, your relationship's been going on for long. And Do you guys still feel like you're in the honeymoon period? Will that ever end? Maybe that's my question. Will the honeymoon period ever end, Dan? The honey- We've been together 12 years, my boyfriend and I, and the honeymoon period comes and goes. It the honeymoon goes. period is like Haley's Comet. Every once right. in a while you realize, oh, it's back. This feels like the honeymoon again. Yeah, yeah. But you have to put up with, uh, you know, the scorched earth periods. Yeah, that's and, and you just got to get through it, I guess. You got to work through it. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. I want the to, honeymoon to last Sometimes forever. you have to suffer. I was in a bad relationship for, not bad, but five years where it was like, it was just like a friend of mine almost. It wasn't, there was no spark. And now I have that and I, I don't want to lose that. Well, you know what? I'm sorry to say that the spark will go out. What do you, that's the honeymoon, though. That's what, I, like, I don't mean, like... But then like, it comes back. I mean, the, yeah. the idiot thing that particularly a lot of guys do is, like, you know, the fire school, the spark goes out a little bit, and they're like, oh, it's over. And, right. you know, just hang out for a minute, throw some more kindling on the coals, and you'll have a fire again. Exactly. Work out. It's, yeah. I think I get it. All right. I think we're done. Hey, Dan. I'm calling you on three-way um, with my friend, uh, Nassim, who's from uh, Northern Virginia. And... Uh, Nassim uh, met a guy online a while ago who wanted to do a, a photo shoot with her, and uh, someone else warned her online that he was a nice guy, but he liked to take a lot of feet pictures. So Nassim, being the genius she is, uh, decided that she was going to meet up with this guy in an empty field and let him do uh, let him do this photo shoot. Um, he told her that he needed pictures of the palms of her hands and the bottom of her feet, and she decided because he was asking for hand pics too that it wasn't sketchy. So she did it. He took her feet in his hands and uh, asked her to take pictures of him interacting with her feet. And she said no, and then he rubbed her feet all over his face, uh, at which point she got creeped out and decided to leave. Um, he doesn't think she was in danger of getting raped because apparently this guy was only 5'5", five five, which of course would have prevented him from carrying a weapon, and because she had her almighty pepper spray with her. Um, and... She continues to say, at this point, actually like 30 seconds ago in this conversation, that he's a really nice guy. I was wondering if I could just get you to clarify on the podcast that someone who takes you to an abandoned field and rubs your feet in their face without your consent is not a nice guy. Don't mind her laughing. She doesn't realize that she was about to get seriously assaulted. All right. Thanks, Dan. Love the podcast. Have a great day. Bye. Okay, uh, there's so many different avenues of approach to your question. Uh, first of all, to your friend, I would say it's always a bad idea to meet somebody uh, on lo- that you met online, to meet them in person for the first time alone and in a secluded uh, place. Uh, it's, that's just a dumb thing to do. Uh, end of discussion. You should always meet somebody, you know, pe- millions of people meet online every day. Uh, and we tend to exaggerate the dangers of meeting online. 
The internet is completely packed with personals, completely filled with people hooking up and meeting. And, you know, I just sorted through tons of letters at Savage Love for next week's column from people who met online and met their, you know, the person that they're going to be with, they think, or they hope, cross fingers, for the rest of their lives. Uh, a lot of true love is uh, being facilitated by the internet and by internet hookups. So we don't want to exaggerate the dangers, you know, with millions of people meeting online. There are very few murders. And it's not as if people who, you know, met people in bars never got murdered or met people at work never got uh, raped or stalked or assaulted. Uh, that's absolutely not true. You know, there was murder and rape and stalking and assault before the Internet came along for all of recorded human history, as a matter of fact. Uh, so I don't want to, like, you know, jump on the whole Internet dating paranoia, hookup paranoia, hysteria. Uh, however, uh, nobody should meet somebody that they've met online in person for the first time in a secluded place. You should meet them in a public place. You should have an out. You need to tell somebody where you're going and who you're meeting. You need to have their actual contact information just to be on the safe side, uh, just to be on the common sense side. You know, we know that the risk of being murdered may be slight, but we know that there is that slight risk. So you don't want to, like, go to a secluded field with someone whose story is kind of transparently horseshitty, who wants to take pictures of your feet and your hands and, you know, uh, whatever. Um, now I want to kind of side with the theme. She met him. You didn't. Uh, he rubbed her feet on his face. Clearly he's a foot fetishist. Uh, he may very well be the nice guy that she thinks that he is or that, you know, she got the impression that he was. He's a seriously conflicted guy. He's not necessarily the, the most honest guy. Uh, his uh, hookup technique is total bullshit. Uh, and, you know, there's plenty of women out there who will happily indulge a foot fetishist. There's plenty of women out there like Nathim, I think, who are game and uh, up for a little sexual adventure. I don't think that if the guy had been honest with the theme, she wouldn't have, she would have said no necessarily to meeting up with him based on, uh, you know, I'm just going to infer that the theme had, uh, I'm going to presume that the theme's not a complete and total fucking moron and had some idea going into this that the guy was most likely some sort of fetishist. And she was kind of intrigued by that and down with it, but has to pretend that she's not because women sometimes are shy about uh, admitting to the fact that they get off on, uh, uh, on some things that are a little kinky and weird, too, sometimes. So I'm assuming that she was down with it. And I can't even remember what I was talking about at this point. However, blah, blah. Let's not assume he's a, he's a total asshole. He's just uh, doing what a lot of fetishists do, uh, especially when they're young, uh, in that he's not uh, – he's letting shame drive the way he indulges his fetish, where he feels like he's got to dupe people into indulging him because he's afraid that if he's honest, no one will let him take pictures of their feet or let them rub their feet on his face. And that's just not true. There's plenty of uh, happily partnered foot fetishists out there who have uh, completely indulgent partners who are into it or not into it, but are into turning on their partner. So the theme in future, uh, no going to fields in the middle of nowhere to meet somebody who could ha very well have a weapon. Women have been raped and murdered by guys who are half their size. Uh, so you need to be... Uh, Use a little common sense. Uh, but let's not be too paranoid and let's not, uh, you know, give the impression or, or, or perpetuate the myth that all kinky folks are, you know, murderous freaks bent on chewing up and destroying everyone they come into contact with because it's just not true. Well, we're going to leave it there with the kinky foot fetishist freaks at the end of this podcast. However, I want to give a shout out, <laughs> as they say on the hip hop stations about 10 years ago, to my good friend Ted Haggard, who was declared completely heterosexual this week. Uh, you gotta love that. Uh, you gotta love the fact that there's millions, or not millions, there's lots of pathetic, uh, stupid, self-hating, idiotic faggots in reparative, quote-unquote, therapy, 
for decades who can't seem to pray the gay away. But Ted Haggard did it in 21 days. Just 21 days at Ted Haggard's magical sleepaway anti-gay camp. And Ted Haggard is now eating pussy like fucking Peter North on a meth bender. And, and good for him. And if you read this newspaper stories about it, I love this line. The pastors, uh, who are completely unbiased on the subject of homosexuality and are, of course, uh, fit to judge, the pastors said that Ted was able to uh, discover his heterosexuality as if it were a continent somewhere and he was in a little boat floating around. He was able to discover his heterosexuality because his homosexual activity had never been constant. By that criteria, I guess I've been straight since about 10 after 2 this morning because my homosexual activity uh, is not constant either. Occasionally, gay people get out of bed and make breakfast and read the fucking newspaper and meet up with tech-savvy at-risk youth to record a fucking podcast. Uh, these people are just, they know nothing of human sexuality, and they presume when they say things like this to the media that uh, Ted Haggard was able to recover, discover his heterosexuality because his homosexuality wasn't constant, that the rest of us are as ignorant about human sexuality as they themselves are, and we're not, and we're not falling for it. Ted Haggard, as Mike Jones said to the AP today, Ted Haggard was performing oral sex on Mike Jones for three years. You can't undo that in 21 days. All right, we'll be back next week with another Savage Love podcast. The phone number here, if you want to record a question, 206-201-2720. Please leave your phone number in case we want to call you back. And you download this every week at www.thestranger.com slash savage. And you can read me blogging most every day at thestranger.com slash blog. Thank you very much. Talk to you next week.